This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Paul Calvisi, and two-time Pro Bowler Lorenzo Alexander. It's a weird feeling being encouraged after a loss. Not sure how many share that feeling, but that's where I'm at after the Cardinals showed fights, but ultimately lost to the 49ers on Sunday, 35-16. to Cardinals trailed the entire game. In fact, fell behind by as many as 18 points. But at one point, this was a one-score game late in the third quarter, 21-16. to But again, Cardinals on the wrong end of that decision. They are 1-3. and three. And this is a team that had expectations coming in that maybe were not as high as some teams. And for me, though, yeah, you lost to a very, very good 49ers team, maybe the best team in the league through four weeks. But I'm sitting here going, okay, I like where this team is at. Yeah, I mean, I think expectations, I think, sets everything up. I think if this was a team that was vying for a playoff run where we thought they were a contender, then you have a little bit different – opinion about maybe what happened on Sunday right but I think it's right now the focus is it's on should be on the process and really it, no matter where you're at in this pecking order should always be on the process and that's how how are we playing right not the result obviously it's a production business but if you play well in this league and don't do things that are going to lead to you losing games you almost win more times than you don't, right? And so we used to always put this box up. Play good, play bad. And then you have your two results, win or lose, right? And you typically want to be in that play good and win. But you can play really good and still lose when you play a team that has superior talent and ability and matchup issues, and that's really what it came down to, right? We, 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 we talked about the Cardinals being able to stop Christian McCaffrey and his 49ers offense and trying to put – the onus on Brock Purdy, but with all the matchups, Christian McCaffrey on probably nine out of ten linebackers in this league is going to eat, and that's exactly what he did in the passing game with these one-on-one matchups, and then in the run game, just guys out of their gaps a little bit, and he had a big day, and it's really hard to recover when a guy has four touchdowns. They were very efficient. Um, You don't have any turnovers to really be able to swing something, right? Even when we look at the score, that's a little deceiving, too. I think the, the Cardinals did an excellent job of double-dipping, and they did it kind of a, in a weird way. And this is why the, 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 the bill not the Bills, the, the Patriots were so good for so long, right? They found a way to score going into halftime, down 21-3, to made it 21-10, came out, stopped them, punt, and then came right back and scored. So they had a really good, you know, 10, 15 minutes of football where they were made the game competitive and then – the 49ers took back over the game. And so I think that's what we've seen all year. Spurts of a team that can play good football. Now, how can you sustain that? And then when you don't sustain it, who's going to step up to make that big play? Because they didn't have a ton of explosion plays like they did in the Dallas game. They had a couple, 
right? We're going to talk about Wilson and what he was able to do, um, stepping up Dobbs, continue to grow. But they missed out on maybe two or three more big explosion plays to really put themselves in a more advantageous spot, I would say, on offense, but especially on defense as well. And they missed out on a couple of touchdowns that should have been at the end, at least one touchdown, two different opportunities, two different drops by two different receivers. So it could have been a different final score in that regard. But I think what we did find out was going into the game, what James Conner said, how the Niners like to play bully ball. I think we found out that Jonathan Gannon's team will stand up to a bully. And that wasn't the case the last couple of years, right? Or at least last season. At least those two games last season, those weren't competitive. So even though the final scores were somewhat similar a year ago versus this final score, two totally different teams, two totally different compete levels. To be down 21-3 and you're like, oh boy, this could get really ugly by the end considering how depleted you were along your defensive line and how loaded the Niners are in their front seven. Brock Purdy out there and he's number one in passer rating and he was looking every bit as efficient as as that number would suggest. But for the Cardinals to fight back, for Jonathan Gannon to say at halftime, keep swinging, keep swinging. And his team did exactly that to make it a five-point game late third quarter. Those were the things to be impressed with. Now, some of the matchups, to Zoe's point, were not in the Cardinals' favor, and that's all part of the reset, trying to increase the talent level in a lot of the position groups. And that's the key, the talent level. The 49ers just have more talent than the Arizona Cardinals at this point. You bring up head coach Jonathan Gannon. Here's his thoughts post-game with you, Paul, after the Cardinals lost 35-16. to I told them after the game, I'm proud of them. You know, we fought. That's a good football team, and they beat us. Uh, we got to play a little cleaner um, execution-wise, penalty-wise. But uh, the fight was there. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and we'll fix the things we need to fix, but I'm proud of the way they battled. The margin for error for this team right now is very, very small. So against the 49ers, though, you have to play, to Gannon's word, a clean game. Nine penalties, too many. Seven of those in the first half. And then making your offense work, 15 third downs. The 49ers had five. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah, you're now all of a sudden yeah. it's like it, it's, it's taking you longer and then it's just being more difficult because the more plays you have, the more mistakes you can make. Yeah, I mean, and it wears you down a little bit as well. And, and when a team is able to get you off the field and make you really have to earn it most, most teams in this league don't have the discipline to put together – a 12, 15 play drive. It just doesn't happen. That's why most coaches, especially now, is hey, we're going to take away all your deep shots, play a cover two shell, and make you dink and dunk and work your way down the field because most people aren't disciplined. So a penalty pops up, a holding call, a drop ball, uh, a miscommunication at some point. The more, to your point, the more opportunities I give you to, to beat yourself. It tends to happen because it only takes one person to lose focus, and that could blow up an entire play. And so, yeah, those explosive plays that they had against the Cowboys, I think were essential because then you shorten the game for your offense a little bit, and you don't have to stay as locked in because it can be dre- it can be very difficult from a mental standpoint to stay locked in, to have all 11 locked in. You know, James Conner's going to be locked in, right? Dobbs is going to be locked in. But, you know, is a backup guard or a backup – D-tackle going to be locked in for that, that, that whole drive, right? Those are the times that when you have lesser talent and guys are really trying, you end up getting a false start or you get a drop ball or you get a middle mistake, right, towards the end of those drives. 
Yeah, think about it. Cardinals, two touchdown drives, 13 plays, 87 yards. Uh, impressive against that Niners defense. That 11-play, 99-yard yeah. drive, that's only the third 99-yard drive by a Cardinals team since 2001. And to do it against that that Niners defense, impressive. But to Zoe's point, when you have a Niners team that comes out and goes five plays, 75 yards, and boom, just <laughs> right. like that, right? You, you didn't have those. You, you needed another touchdown drive or three to win this game. Right. But you needed those explosives because to go 13 plays, to go 99 yards, too tough. Yeah, especially when you're playing from behind because you're eating up clock while you're doing that, right? You know, it's great if you're winning and you're in four-minute mode. Yeah, we want those long drives. Run the ball, run it down. But when you're trying to get back into it, you need the ability to strike fast at certain points. And that, to me, was the big difference between what happened last week versus the Cowboys, who's a more talented team, right, but they out-executed. So it's not just about talent. You have to have talent and execute to win games versus this game where obviously they're the less talented team, but they didn't execute and have those explosive plays like they did. But what we see, though, is that it's there and they're willing to fight and they're willing to grind things out and they pass that eye test as far as are they they invested. Because you can have that same score and look back and like, oh, man, they just look – they just got tossed around. This was more of like a Christian McCaffrey, like, okay, we just can't match up. You know, when you go into the coach's room and you sit down and really have a discussion about it, it's like, man, that dude is just really good. Maybe we could have done something different. And that's why the 49ers are so hard because do you go with another DB and put him out there and then they run the ball downhill at your neck? Or do I put a linebacker out there and then we motion him out? Now you're in one-on-one space. And so that's where the game is within the game and you have to have – you know, another linebacker that's like that tweener type that can play and also cover. All right, so here's the question I threw at Rob Fredrickson at halftime. I'm going to throw it at you. If you would have had Buda Baker, if you would have had Buda Baker, and considering the sort of game that Christian McCaffrey had, could you have gone unconventional and put Buda as a spy on CMC? I, I know it's almost yeah. unheard of to put it on a running back, but could you in situations – I wouldn't call it unheard of. You could maybe even go to like a three-safety look. And, and if you feel like Buddha's a better matchup where he can maybe play in the box or Jalen can play in the box and you have that other Buddha in the back end that can still do what he does, and you can get a little bit more creative. But when your top guy is out and you're losing bodies, it's really hard to get creative and come up with different things for that matchup because you just don't have – the, the talent or the ability for somebody to execute at a high level. But I would agree with that. Because, you know, Kayvon Wallace, he's a great fill-in, but I haven't watched the film. I saw a lot of missed tackles out there. And, you know, Buddha's, Buddha's one of the best tacklers in the last decade right. in the NFL. So when you play him again in December, I'm just curious how they defend Christian McCaffrey in the rematch if you have a healthy Buddha Baker. Buddha, by the way, will need to miss at least two more games before he is able to come off IR. So keep that in mind. He will not be on the field this weekend when the Cardinals host the Bengals. But looking back at Sunday's game at the 49ers, though, you touched on the fight, something that Josh Dobbs brought up after the game. Great responding by the team. As I said last week, you know, we fight as a team no matter what the situation is. You know, JG has a great mindset, put the ball down, let's go play. So obviously everything's not going to go perfect. You know, that's the nature of the game. That's the nature of football. Uh, But it was great to see that response as a team. Again, it was 21-3, 49ers with five minutes to go in the second quarter. And then a couple of possessions later, third quarter, 21-16. Cardinals made it a one-score game. But then after that, the 49ers just took over and made it a little bit lopsided, at least for those that weren't paying attention all the way through. 35-16 the final. But that mentality of this team so far this season to fight, 
to make sure that you're competitive each and every quarter. Michael Wilson, post game with Paul Calvisi, touched on that. We don't get a lot of belief outside the locker room. We know that. Um, we just got to be grimy. And JG does a great job of constantly pressing that point to us in practice, to us in the meeting rooms, to be a grimy, gritty team who's never going to give up. And I think you turn on the tape, even if we're down like we were at 21-3, you still see guys straining and guys fighting. So we just, I think if we continue to keep doing that and you continue to play hard and play gritty, play with maximum effort, you're going to like your result more than you don't like your result. That's exactly, Zoe, what you were talking about earlier here. And and that matters, right? It may not win you a ton of games right now if you're playing a more talented team, but the next tier down, you win those games. You find ways to win those games. You play somebody that's similar area, that's you win those games, right? And as you build on that, that becomes the culture of the locker room. So as you interject new young talent, they come into a building expecting to have that type of mentality, right? And that's what you have to do with an organization when you kind of – you know, break it down so you can build back up from the foundation up. You have to start right there because that's the most important thing because it's, it's, this game is hard and it's mentally more mentally tough than physical in a lot of ways. And most guys aren't willing, like to the Marshawn Lynch, right, over and over and over and over. Man, I got smacked by Trent Williams. Now I got to go back over and over, right? You have, Those are the guys they're trying to identify. That is the culture they're trying to set up. And this cat, Michael Wilson, I mean, I don't know a lot about him, but he's, he jumped out on me on tape last week in the Cowboys in the run game. When you get wide receivers – coming back across and willing to block, that tells me a lot about them. Most wide receivers, they might get in your way, but he's locking up with cats and tussling and trying to fight and make you earn your tackle or make you earn your way to the ball. And he was opening up some great stuff. And then this week, obviously, he gets rewarded in the pass game with two big touchdowns. And so those are the type of guys that you want. They're going to give of themselves, but also show up, take advantage of their opportunities and, and make plays. You are aware of where Michael Wilson went to college, correct? Um, no clue. Okay, this this is this is going to be dangerous, Paul, because I've got yeah. two Golden Bears in front of me, and Michael right. Wilson, a Stanford grad, oh. just like CMC and oh, okay. Zach Ertz. So oh, okay. yeah, well, great, great for him. Okay, I, that's I cool. don't want to hold against him. I got a lot of <laughs> friends yeah. that went to Stanford. Yeah. You know, that's good. I, I personally whooped him when I was in college, but hey, <laughs> yeah. it's that's fine. Hey, you, you can't control that. I would I would want Stanford too. And there was a stretch there where Cal lost like. 10 out of 11 to Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw. But they've won the last two, so you can bring it up. That. I That's wasn't fine. there for yeah, all right. that. I don't right. know. You just I go by the years. what I can control, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but as far as the run game goes, think about it. It was a Niners run defense that was allowing, what, 53 yards Correct. per game, and the Cardinals as a team ran for 105, over four yards a carry. That's a game that they trailed most of the time. Obviously, James Conner couldn't get the bulk of the carries, couldn't get many carries at all in the second half because you're playing from behind. He got only two, but – Cardinals still came out there and ran the ball against that Niners defensive front. And it's a Niners team that is so loaded, that is so good on offense. Yet we could have a debate. Are they better on offense or better on defense, that Niners team? We could literally debate that. So that just tells you the sort of legit Super Bowl contender the Niners are. It was something that the Cardinals hoped to be at that 49ers position at some point. And again, everyone is posting or looking at that rematch coming up in mid-December. But first things first, that is the game at hand on Sunday when the Cardinals host the Cincinnati Bengals. Single game tickets, by the way, on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com forward slash buy tickets to secure your seat today as the Cardinals and Bengals will battle on Sunday. By the way, the rematch in December, Cardinals and Niners, don't miss it. I'm not forecasting a W. I am predicting a bloodbath because that game was chippy from the first play to after the game and the post-game handshake, and it's going to carry over into December based on the vibe out of the Cardinals' locker room. 
Cardinals do have positives coming out of that game on Sunday. As we mentioned, Michael Wilson, four games into his NFL career and his first two touchdowns scored on Sunday at a venue at Levi Stadium not too far down the road from Stanford. We'll touch on Michael Wilson and what that offense was able to do with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. That's all straight ahead. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Dobbs drops straight back to throw, looks left, throws into the end zone, got a receiver, a sliding catch by Wilson, he's in for the touchdown! Michael Wilson with his first career NFL touchdown. Played at Stanford just down the road, and he comes up big here late in the first half. Shotgun formation for Dobbs. Snap to Dobbs, drops back to pass, looks over the middle, throws, it is caught, Wilson, and he is into the end zone for his second touchdown! A 99-and-a-half-yard drive by the Cardinals against one of the top defenses in the NFL. What a great throw by Josh Dobbs. Threw that ball into a tight window right across the middle. On that 99-yard scoring drive, Josh Dobbs, four runs for 13 yards, four for four passing, 61 yards, and that completion to Michael Wilson, threading the needle, if you will, between two defenders. The eight-yard score, the two-point try unsuccessful. At that point, it was 21-16 in favor of the 49ers. Cardinals would not score again, and they lose 35-16 to on Sundays. We say welcome back. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats, Craig Rialoup, Paul Calvisi, and Lorenzo Alexander. We kind of touched on Michael Wilson in our opening segment, Paul, but breaking down what we've seen from someone that's had all the skill set coming out of college, but the question was, can he stay healthy? And he has stayed healthy to the tune of, on Sunday, seven catches on seven targets for 76 yards and those two scores. I saw an NFL scout had a blog the other day, and he wrote that if you go back to the Senior Bowl, there were two receivers who balled out. There were two receivers at the Senior Bowl that got everyone buzzing, Michael Wilson and Puka Nakua of the Rams. Interesting, right? Yeah. Because he's all the sensation with the Rams, and he, he sent all these records for rookies, and he all of a sudden he's the next big thing with Matthew Stafford. But it just shows you that, you know what? Okay, you can be banged up, and he was. Michael Wilson was hurt three years in a row at Stanford. I, he never even came close to completing a full season of college games. Yet everyone looked at him they're like, okay, he's got the size. He has the skill set. I mean, he does – First thing you notice in rookie minicamp, guys, you watch. Does he fight the football? No. He's natural right. pass catcher. Uh, and I told Craig, Craig a story, you know, Zoe, that it was in training camp, and I asked a couple of the veteran receivers on this team, I said, how long does it take you to tell if a guy can play? They bring in a free agent. They bring in a rookie. I don't know how long you could tell if they brought yeah. someone to your position room. They said, oh, by the end of one practice. The other guy said, give me one drill. I'm like, come on, it can't, it can't be that great. <laughs> anyway, they said, when they showed up, the veterans showed up, and the first time they were on the same field with Michael Wilson, they looked at each other and they said, we got one. We got one. This right. kid is legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't take long, especially for guys polished – is a professional, is a mature, right? You can see all those little things fairly early um, as, a, as a veteran because you've been around a lot of guys. And so it's really cool to see a guy step up in his rookie year and take advantage of this opportunity and go out there and execute the way, way he's done. I also like that he's getting first, first down, so he's moving the chains. These aren't just regular catches, right? He's moving the chains, explosive plays, and obviously putting uh, points on the scoreboard. Well, that first touchdown 
was set up by Michael Wilson, 33-yard catch on third and nine, and it was a great double move down the left sideline, at least from my vantage point watching it on television. And going further on that touchdown grab, it was you, Paul, that had a chance to catch up with Michael after the game, breaking down his first NFL score. I saw it was too high cover, too. Um, in that situation, if, as long as you keep your angle pretty high, the quarterback will throw you flat. And I knew basically from the snap that was my ball to get. And Josh threw me a great ball, and that's what I practice all the time. Every day catching jugs, you know, 110 balls every day after practice, six, seven days a week, and I just made a great catch. You hear those comments, and again, four games into his career, what he's seen from film study, practice, and then recognizing immediately, okay, this is my assignment, this is the defense, and yeah, I know I can get this and ultimately get into the end zone. Yeah, and, and I would say his other one was more impressive. One thing that most Stanford guys are soft, right? <laughs> soft. They're smart, but they're soft, right? Get over there on the farm, and you really see who they are. They're a little soft. But I would say he breaks the mold in this in this when he ran that slant, made like four or five-yard touchdown catch, right, his second one. That opposite linebacker played the other side and then came back. Like most receivers, young receivers – are not going to go through that full speed to catch the ball he had to and then get into the end zone. A lot of guys, even veteran guys, are going to pull up when you see number 48 bearing down on you because this is a knockout shot, a shot type of, of play. But he, a, he played through contact, caught the ball, and fell into the end zone. And again, that's that was, for me as a defender, I was like, oh, okay, this dude has something about him, right? He's, he's, he's blocking in, in the run game. Okay, this dude has something got him, about him. Everybody, all the receivers can run a great seven route, go catch it pretty and fall. But when you got contact staring in front of you, you got a bigger dude staring in front of you and you want to lock up, that tells me you built a little different mentally. And, again, the mental part of this game is what takes guys, third-round guys or low-level guys or those superstars and takes them to the next level. And I'm seeing that early out of, out of this young receiver. And receivers in this offense have to block. They have to be physical or they're not going to play. We've seen that with based off the number of receivers that were brought in by this offensive coaching staff. And that is part of the dirty work. And then you do that well, you get rewarded with a touchdown. Yeah, and, and you have to. That. It's, it's, it's so cool to watch just the physicality again because that normally is the barometer how physical of a team you have is when you see corners tackling and receivers blocking. And all the great offenses that I've been around, and I would even talk about uh, Kyle Shanahan because Mike Shanahan demanded that of his receivers. When you got receivers blocking, typically your run game is pretty good. And we saw against this 49ers defense once again, right, being able to put the ball on the ground, be effective. Now, obviously, the score took them out of it. But they're, they've been effective and efficient in that part, and a lot of that's because of what the receivers are doing on those, on those outsides. We were in Minnesota. We had a chance to talk to Jonathan Gannon before the final preseason broadcast, and we asked about Michael Wilson. Hadn't got a lot of action, a lot of reps in the preseason, and that's because they already knew. He had already earned the trust of the coaching staff in two ways. One, he knew multiple positions. He wasn't a liability in the playbook. And then number two, they had actually shown some of the film of the first two preseason games to the entire team on how he was finishing blocks, on how he was attacking DBs and linebackers. And as a rookie, bringing that sort of lumber down on guys and helping spring the running back. So that's how he got ahead of veteran receivers in the rotation. That's how he was listed as a starter from day one going into the regular season. Already he and quarterback Josh Dobbs have a nice chemistry. Dobbs post game on what he likes about Michael Wilson's game. 
he just does a great job of being, you know, exactly where he's supposed to be. You know, he's disciplined player receiver. Um, his effort is tremendous. He does a great job in the run game, springing blocks. And then when the ball comes his way, he makes plays. And uh, we had a lot of guys step up, make some plays, but he did a great job, obviously, of that. Um, and we're going to need him moving forward. So I'm excited to see his growth. You look at Wilson's numbers this season, Paul. 16 targets, 14 catches, 237 yards. He's averaging almost 17 yards a catch. But the Dobbs passer rating is a perfect 158.3 when he targets number 14. And if you're one of those coaches the in the analytics and you're looking at numbers, okay, we know where we need to go the, with the football more times maybe than what we've done so far in the quarter of the season. 14 catches. He has two touchdowns now. By the way, he kept both footballs. Not just the first one. He kept both of them, <laughs> which was interesting. I hadn't really seen that before. He kept both footballs, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, one for each parent. Yeah, I don't that's know. What maybe, I was say. That's yeah, true. His right, parents yeah. were in attendance. Okay, so there you go. And uh, distributed among the family. But you know what else? He has 10 first downs in those 14 catches. Right. So he's a big play receiver. He's that down-the-field guy, which obviously every offense needs. He's so different, too, than a Hollywood Brown and even a Rondale Moore. And I know there was some disappointment talking with Gannon on his TV show that they thought they had Rondale Moore open in certain spots, couldn't get it to him. They thought there was opportunity in that Niners secondary to get Rondale the, more the ball more, and they didn't. Uh, for whatever reason, I didn't go back and watch the film. I don't know, but... I think they felt like they left some yards out there in the passing game because Dobbs was kept pretty clean. One sack, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he had time to operate. Kind of a slow start with his accuracy in the beginning in the first quarter. There was some opportunity there, a few missed receivers. I don't know if that's more on the receiver or the quarterback. You never truly know if a guy's in the right spot at the right time. But by the end of the game, Josh Dobbs also had a passer rating above 100 again. Overall, Dobbs' passer rating is 10th best in the National Football League. Again, just four games into his Cardinals career. That first, or that should say that second touchdown from Dobbs to Wilson was the final play of a 11-play, 99-yard drive. Twice on that drive, the Cardinals converted on third and short. Jonathan Gannon on what he saw on that scoring drive. Execution-wise, I thought Drew had some good calls. We started running a little bit better. You know, Josh played well. He's hitting open guys. Uh, I think we generated one or two explosives in there, but uh, that was a really good drive, 99 yards to get us back in the game. James Conner had an 11-yard run. Hollywood Brown, a 41-yard catch and run, the longest play for him from scrimmage this season. And going back to what we were talking about earlier in the show, Zoe, about yeah, if you're going to have a 11-play drive, then you better have a couple of explosives in there to keep the defense honest. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it helps out significantly. I mean, it shortens that drive. I mean, if you don't have that big explosion play, I also think the other one had, you know, when Wilson had his, it was a big explosion play. That typically leads to some type of points, right? And that's what you got to look for. And, and this, what I like about it, they have the capability to do it. Right, week in and week out, when you think about looking at the Cowboys or this week when they play one of the top-tier defenses, they have the capacity to find guys down the field next explosive with all the talent that they have out there. And Dobbs has really been incrementally getting better week in and week out. Now, of course, he's going to miss guys from time to time. But I just like the progression of it, them finding guys down the field, him getting the ball out, being clean throughout the game. The offensive line really these last couple of weeks have really battled some of the top-tier defensive lines and, and have done pretty well overall. Um, and so I'm, I'm just looking forward to that. I'm, I, I really like where they're at. Now, if you ever talk to Ron Wolfley, right, most teams, once you get that four-game 
uh, a film review now, now I can start really see- seeing some tendencies. So now that Wilson is, okay, man, this dude is a dude. So coordinators, how are we going to attack him? Well, Dobbs is a dude. We didn't re- really respect him. But, man, look at these first four games, seeing how they continue to progress and grow now that people are aware of who they are, what they like to do, and how well they've been performing. For example, on the 99-yard drive, oh, guess what? Uh, they will run Josh Dobbs, third and two, and he had a nine-yard keeper. Here comes quarterback power. We saw that in the two-point right. conversion a couple of games ago. So that's definitely in the playbook. They don't hesitate to run Josh Dobbs. And, and not just organic, some design runs. And then twice on that drive, you saw the push play. Right. So, okay. not only do you have a Cardinals quarterback under center, but they're willing on third or fourth and short to go with the push play. And against that vaunted Niners defensive line, they converted both times. Dobbs ran the ball 12 times. Not sure how many of those were design runs versus scrambles that the defense just got in. And he made something happen because of the defense and the offensive line just maybe not holding up as long as he would like to in order to get the ball out. But again, 12 carries, 48 yards. Dobbs is sixth in the league as far as average yards per rushing attempt, 5.9. James Conner is 11th at 5.1. So that is the offensive story on what happened on Sunday. Defense, what happened? And how do we judge this defense against one of the better offensive attacks in the National Football League. We'll get to that as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Rayolu, Paul Calvisi, and Lorenzo Alexander. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m. year-round, talking all things Arizona Cardinals football right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. behind Purdy. First and goal from the two. Going to be a run play to the left, and McCaffrey's in for his fourth touchdown of the day. His third on the ground, and the Niners extend the lead. It's 27-16, 38 seconds into the fourth quarter. Well, it's what you expect from a great team, and the 49ers are a great team. To respond to the challenge, the Arizona Cardinals scored to actually make it a five-point game and the 49ers just answered. Too much Christian McCaffrey. Heck, too much Brock Purdy, too much Brandon Ayuk, too much of that 49ers offense, but mainly McCaffrey, who had 177 total yards on 27 touches, both in the run and pass game. Four total touchdowns for Christian McCaffrey in that Cardinals loss on Sunday, 35-16 to the 49ers. As we welcome you back, it is the second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats as we now analyze what happened defensively. And so I've got a bunch of numbers here as far as what the defense was not able to do as far as either season lows or season highs allowed. So how do you judge a defense that had been going pretty well but looking at the 49ers and just how dynamic that offense is. Is right. it is it more what the 49ers were doing and less about what the Cardinals were not doing? <laughs> That's how I would probably categorize it. And, and I haven't had a chance to, like, rewatch the game and really break it down, you know, watching the, the All-22. But just seeing it and seeing who Christian McCaffrey was lined up against, I'm taking that, you know, nine times out of ten, probably 100 out of 100. You know, I'm on a linebacker. I don't care what linebacker it is in this league. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, especially in the type of zone that he's in right now as far as, you know, scoring a touchdown. What What is it now? I don't know, 14 games straight. 
100 yards. He's just doing everything. He's breaking records by Jerry Rice and all these greats of the 49ers, right? So he's just playing at a different level. And I would say it was more about just him being him. And at this point of his career in this season, it's really hard to match up with him in any way or capacity. So if he's if he's running the ball, if he's splitting them out, and Kyle Shanahan we know is a master at putting guys in the right places versus guys that he wants covering his his, his players. And so obviously you you still have to stay at the same time. So you got to worry about Kittles. Still got to worry about Debo. You got to worry about IU, right? So it's you only even on great defenses, you only got so many guys that can guard these guys. At some point there's going to be a a matchup issue. And so and do I have the ability now to maybe rise above my game as the guy that may be the inferior player? And we just didn't see that. A lot of missed tackles. Christian out there jumping over cats, spinning, and just doing what he does. And it's really hard to overcome. And that's why guys like that get paid those big dollars because those are different makers. You got guys in position to make the plays, but he's just making you look silly because he's he's built a little different. And I guess he's another one of those Stanford guys that breaks the mold, you know. But hey, it, it's it's fun to watch. But you just want the Cardinals. They're in position. They got to they got to be able to make those plays. And Paul, even when the Cardinals did stop McCaffrey on that final touchdown that McCaffrey had, there was a tackle for loss. Cameron Thomas brought down McCaffrey behind the line of scrimmage on first and ten. So it's now second and twelve. And what happens? Well, Brock Purdy finds McCaffrey for a thirteen yard gain, and the Forty ers are off and running. So even when you think maybe you got a little bit of a stop. Well, there's four downs, and the Cardinals just were not able to get that second stop in the second half. They talk about positionless players in that Kyle Shanahan system, whereas what is Christian McCaffrey? Is he truly just a running back? No, because he's out in the slot. Or they get that little cheat motion where he kind of goes into into full sprint just a moment before the snap. So now he has a running start. That's something they've added to their offense this year that looks really effective. George Kittle as well. You'll see him in the backfield. you see him flexed out. Debo Samuel, obviously he got three carries. Is he a running back? Is he a receiver? So they use all these players in a positionless way, and it makes it really tough. For example, on the touchdown catch by CMC, Dennis Gardeck was step for step. It's Dennis Gardeck. He's an outside linebacker and Christian McCaffrey, right? So did he make a valiant effort? Absolutely did. But the pass was on the money as Brock Purdy has set a Niners single game completion percentage mark. He's so accurate. And he gets the ball in rhythm, in stride, so they get those yards after catch. Yeah, I mean, and that's how it's set up. And right, and to your point, Dennis made a great play. It was a five-yard gain or whatever it was, but he's rolling into the end zone. So that's just how it is. Cameron Thomas was only one time. Zaire White was only one time. It didn't matter who it was. Like I said, it doesn't really matter who's on Christian, and that's why you have to have a player, particularly like a Buddha or even maybe a Jalen, that can play in the box but also be able to cover him in space in zones. And so that's – what they may be thinking about next time, you know, are we healthy enough to maybe come up with something a little different this week so we can match up with with Christian a little bit better. But when you do that, right, you you, you still Peter to pay Paul. So then you got to worry about maybe Debo Samuel stepping up or the Kittles, right? And so that's why it's really hard to play this type of team. And I would argue that the offense – the 49ers' offense is probably one of the best in the league and probably better than their defense because now you also have Kyle Shanahan that's at the helm putting these dudes in spaces, right, sitting up at night, writing up these crazy plays, like, man, who is ever thinking about this type of stuff? So that's really hard to compete against when you don't have the talent 
Um, and then you also have to adjust to all these different looks that, that an uh, offensive coordinator may give you. Cardinals held George Kittle to just one catch. Debo Samuel didn't have a single catch or you let alone a target in this game. Three carries. He was banged up going into that contest. But when you have a Christian McCaffrey, 106 rushing yards, 71 receiving yards, yes, it makes it a difficult assignment for that Cardinals defense. Dennis Gardeck on how difficult CMC is. He's a dynamic player. They got a, a, a bunch of dynamic players, so it's um, you, you got to be airtight on your execution and, and knowledge of, of play calls, as well as kind of what Nick is thinking when he is calling them. We have to, we all have to be on the same page. Now, Gardeck did have the one and only sack of the Cardinals on Sunday, and that's four sacks now yes, for Dennis Gardeck. Yeah, and let me revise what I just said. I don't want to say talent. I want to say personnel because all those dudes out there are talented, right? They just have a certain type of skill set that allows them to be who they are. And when that doesn't match up, that's what Kyle Shanahan is good at taking advantage of. So it's not about talent. It's really about more skill set and personnel that you have. Dennis Gardeck, I texted him earlier. D, I, he's one of my favorite players. Obviously, we're cut from the same cloth. Special teamer, getting his opportunity, has four sacks through four games. But he's added – some stuff to his repertoire outside of just the speed and let me just hit you in the mouth. This spin move this cat has developed is so sweet. I said, I text, I said, man, that spin move was saucy, man. That's just so sweet, man. Because I, I was a spin guy and it's, he's real smooth with it. He's been utilizing it, obviously, as a counter move to his power, speed and power. And his growth as a football player is just. It's, it's ridiculous. I have a lot of appreciation for what he's done, and he needs to play more and more and more because when he's on the field, everybody else has to pick up their speed. He's like a Buddha Baker in the front seven. He's on the field. You better know where he's at because he's flying around, knocking cats over to get to the football. It's going to give you everything he has, and that's what this, I think, the foundation and what this team is, is heading to as far as when they, when they develop and grow and, and, and continue to get better. I just Googled up spin move. Dwight Freeney, right? Dwight yeah, yeah, Freeney. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When Dwight Freeney was with the Cardinals, what was he known for? That spin move. And guys used to say, you know what's coming. Tackles would be like, you know what's, you couldn't stop it. And that Dennis Gardak inside spin move yes. where the right tackle just whiffed. I mean, completely whiffed. I'm not sure he even got a piece of jersey as Gardak went inside him for the sack. But what was intriguing to me was the week before, Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, blitz Brock Purdy 85% of the time, 33 of 39 dropbacks. Whereas in this game, not even close, the exact opposite. Less than 14% of the time, the Cardinals blitz Brock Purdy. So whether you're bringing the heat and bringing the numbers or you're not, Kyle Shanahan and that quarterback, they're able to navigate and they're able to get the ball out and get it into space because what happened against the Giants was there was a third and 15 and a third and 13 and Brock Purdy got the ball behind the line of scrimmage one time to Debo, one time to Christian McCaffrey and both times they are first downs. <laughs> right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Behind yeah. the line of scrimmage on third and long, right. third and plus and you're still getting the first down. Yeah, because when you do that, you're giving up. You got one on ones on the outside so you miss a tackle and both those guys are capable of doing that and then those are the type of big plays and that's why again it's about personnel skill set and what guys that have and how do you match up it's always the game within the game the chess match and am i dealing at the right play at the right time a feel for the game and so that's why it's always kind of great to see especially from my perspective to go back and watch the all 22 and see those little nuances when am i blitzing when am i not and how that plays in, in, in within the game you bring up dwight franey I got to bring up 
the Cal of the Northeast, Syracuse. That's right. That's so, right. We're covering yeah. all alma maters here uh, yeah. on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Cardinal fans, single game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com forward slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. Cardinals at home on Sunday. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, I had to do it at least once here on the show. Craig Riolu, Paul Calvisi, and Lorenzo Alexander here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Snap to Murray. Short set. Looks left. Now takes off straight ahead. He's got the 35. Cuts right to the 30. Loose to the 25-20. And down to the 15-yard line. Back to pass goes Murray. From the pocket. Steps up to run. At the 25. Over the middle. 20-15-10. Calling out for blockers. Did you see the Jets in the pants from Kyler Murray? Wow. Murray takes. Handoff Johnson up the middle. No, it's a fake. Murray keeps it running left to the 5. And Murray dives for the touchdown. What an incredible fake by Kyler Murray. He not only got the Bengals, he got the broadcaster. Speed kills, baby. October 6, 2019, four years ago, almost to the day, Cardinals beat the Bengals in Cincinnati 26-23. Kyler Murray's first NFL win. And, of course, we're all wondering when we will see Kyler Murray on the field here in 2023. He remains on the physically unable to perform list. Yes, he is eligible to be activated or have that window open, that 21-day window open to practice at any point. Is that this week? Is that Wednesday when the Cardinals hit the practice field for the first time this week getting ready for the Bengals? Cardinals keeping everything close to the vest. But we have a new Cardinals insider, Devin Booker, on Suns Media Day, a guest of Wolf and Luke, gave an update on K1. He's recovering. He was just at the house two days ago. We live very close to each other. I'm not going to tell everybody how close, but <laughs> you don't need a car. Um, but he's good, man. He looks strong. Obviously, that big win versus the Cowboys had the morale of the whole city up, yep. and it's exactly what you want to see. So all you can ask for him is to get healthy, um, get back right, and you know we want to see him on the field, but you don't want to rush that. Quote, you don't need a car. I'm guessing it's not my neighborhood, Paul. It's probably not yours. I don't know about you, Zoe, if they're running <laughs> in the same circles as Devin Booker and Kyler Murray. But, yeah, neighbors. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I don't know how far they live from me. They're probably over in my area, but they are definitely a step above. <laughs> I'm, not in their, I'm not in their neighborhood at all. I'm in this neighborhood maybe two or three levels down. <laughs> But uh, you see those guys all the time, um, and it's cool to see that those guys have a great relationship, you know, the superstars uh, of this community. But I would agree with, with Book, right? You don't want to rush those type of injuries back, especially when you have a top-tier talent like Kyler Merlin. Now, obviously, everybody wants to see him in this new offense, what he's going to look like. But, I, I, you know, when you're talking about knees and compensation of the body, when you don't have to rush a guy back, you want to make sure that you're healthy, right? We just saw, and I, you know, Tredavious White went down with a torn ACL mm. or Achilles, right? He tore his ACL last year. And I guarantee you there's some biomechanics going on that led to another one. So you want to make sure that your guy is healthy. You have a lot of money invested in him, right? You have futures invested in him, and you want to make sure that when, that when he comes back that re-injuring it, the risk is as low as possible. Now, we all know injuries is 100% in NFL, but there's things that you can do to make sure that you return, be smart in the return and not just be dumb tough because you want a guy to come out there, compete and play and see what he can do to so, so it helps you out. 
It's good to hear D-Book there, right? He's a local. He knew after that Cowboys win, right? The entire town was lifted up. That was good. But the operative word to me there was car. Forget the neighborhood. <laughs> I live vicariously through Devin Booker's car collection. You know, know. what did he add in the offseason? That's the follow-up question Wolf should add it right there. What did you add to the garage in the offseason? So maybe we'll get an answer to that sometime soon. As for Kyler Murray, yeah, who knows? I, but you got to err on the side of yes. caution, especially considering Josh Dobbs and what he's been doing, considering – you figure this is a two-year process, right? But it's hard not to look at this Cardinals offense and say, wow, what happens when you had a quarterback who runs a 4-3? It is intriguing. We all want to see it. But you don't want to end up like Joe Burrow either. Joe Burrow right now, you just went against the quarterback with the top passer rating in the NFL, Brock Purdy. Joe Burrow right now has the worst passer rating of any regular quarterback in the NFL. And even his head coach admitted after this most recent loss to Tennessee that, quote, there's limitations, end quote. Should Joe Burrow even be out there? Now, he's going to start, according to Zach Taylor. He confirmed that on Monday to start this week. But there's a lot of people wondering, based on how he looks, he's been the NFL's most accurate quarterback over the last few years. That's definitely not the quarterback the Cardinals are going to face on Sunday. Burrow is completing a career-low 57% of his pass attempts. That's third worst in the league. And the limitations, though, with that calf injury that he suffered in training camp aggravated it in week two. He is playing inside the pocket he is in either shotgun or pistol formation last week against the titans on 49 of 50 plays all 30 of his pass attempts were inside the pocket he is not that mobile joe burrow right i mean it's that the lower extremity injuries i mean every time he probably takes a step he feels it to some degree right and the more uh, explosive, uh, the move, the more he's going to feel it. And so you, I'm, I don't want you under center because you got to drop back, push off of it, and get back. You're feeling it. So they're trying to, again, because of who Drew Burrow is, you know, you have some of that mystique, and maybe that'll help us as well. And maybe a 70% Joe Burrow is better than their backup. But it just goes to show you that injuries make a significant impact to a, a guy's ability, especially when you're talking about lower extremities because you use your legs on everything. To move, to get out the way, to scramble, to throw the ball. A lot of quarterbacks, it's, it, all their power comes from, from the lower body down, your accuracy. So anytime I'm feeling it as I'm going through, if I don't have confidence, that's where the inaccuracy comes through. That's where my lack of vision comes from because my focus is on this pain that I'm feeling. And so that's why, again, I think to, to, to Paulie's point, you want to be cautious in Kyler Murray because we're seeing – the damaging effects it can have on a guy that's elite in this league that everybody thinks is a top tier right behind Pat Mahomes if not equal with him when he's healthy. And you're seeing what opponents are doing. Tyler Boyd said after the game that Tennessee just all out blitzed us. Just blitzed us. And he said, I don't blame defensive coordinators. If I was them, I'd do the same because Joe Burrow does not have the ability to escape. He barely has the ability to even climb the pocket, they're saying. So, all right, what does that mean for Nick Rollis and Jonathan Gannon? Cardinals have had the lowest blitz rate in the NFL this season. Does that change radically on Sunday? Cardinals and Bengals coming up on Sunday. 105 is the kickoff. 8.30 pregame coverage begins. Both these, te- both these teams, one and three. But as we touched on, not all one and three records are the same, especially with expectations. Cardinals had very little going into this season. Bengals had a whole lot going into this season. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Special thanks to Jim Almohandro, Cody Fincher, Lauren Koval. For Lorenzo Alexander, Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next week here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. 
You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.